On this episode of Inside Motorsport, we catch up with the adventures of Hugh Barter in France. I hope you'll stay with us. Ahead of Hugh Barter, it was the supercars heading back to Sydney Motorsport Park to restart their season, and Anton Di Pasquale showing that he had the form in the Dick Johnson Racing Shell V-Power Mustangs. He won two races, finished second in another race, but unfortunately was excluded when they'd put on one of his teammate Will Davison's tyres. I don't think it's a big drama because you're probably not going to be able to win three races around here just the way the tyres are. So if I won that one, I was going to lose this one and vice versa, you know, so um, not a big drama in that front. Just learning things with the clutch and starting, it's been a bit of a break. Um, so just perfecting that. But yeah, about that. Um, exclusion is just uh, Benny told me and said made a mistake and this is what's happening and go in the next race like what <laughs> what can you do you can't change things obviously the team just made an error which they knew straight away and they're the ones that um, let supercars know what happened so we're pretty they were pretty certain what was you know the rules of the rules but um, just simple mistakes not really an advantage in any ways um, just one of those things but we'll rectify it and move on the supercars return to Sydney Motorsport Park next weekend Shane Van Gisbergen continues to lead the championship. Well, Hugh Barter joins us from France on the line. Hugh, congratulations. It was a fantastic first year in the French Formula 4 championship. Second overall, a couple of race wins, fastest laps. How do you sum up your year? I think the year was pretty strong uh, overall. I definitely think it could have been better on my side of things. I think we didn't get a single fall uh, across the season. But obviously, the race pace was definitely there. Like, as you said, a couple of fastest laps across the season. Um, but yeah, I think it, it looks promising. And I think next season, hopefully, we can come back stronger again. This year, having to learn so many tracks, you've finished on the best note, I guess, you could possibly do at Magna Corps, fastest lap of the race, and won the last race of the championship. That's a good way to uh, leave everyone with the memory yeah, of you. It definitely was. I, I really like Magna Core. I think out of the six races we did there, I had five podiums. So it was, I guess, a really strong track of mine, and I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you know, I can go back there soon. <laughs> the French Formula 4 season you've just had, has that been the toughest year of racing? I think... It's definitely tough. I think the competition is very different and the atmosphere to Australia is extremely different. It's hard to compare the racing in Australia, especially when I was karting and then the racing over here. But overall, the learning curve has been huge this year. So I think for me to switch between the karting style of driving and to a single-seater car was was huge. And for me, I think that was probably one of the hardest things to overcome across the year. The Magal you're racing has been around for a few years. So some of the drivers would have already had plenty of experience in that car. Yeah, exactly. So last year when I came over to France to do the shootout, I actually only had one day of practice before getting in the car. So coming into the start of this year, I think I only had two days in the car before pre-season testing. So we like I. It was really minimal testing before I actually came over here, and so, like I said, that was like a struggle, you know, to really learn quickly and adapt my, uh, my driving style to to a single seater. In the top ten of the championship, there was only two non-French drivers in that top ten, and you finishing second was the highest of them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think there was a couple, I think there was one Swiss driver, one Indian driver, but uh, some of them could do, I think the Indian driver only did two rounds of the championship. But yeah, it, it was it, it was nice to represent Australia and uh, a fair show on top of those. So the question now is where to from here for Hugh Barter and your racing endeavours? Like I said in past interviews, the aim is to get to Formula 1, but next year we still don't know yet. Uh, it really depends on what offers we get or what comes about, but we'll see and hopefully no matter what uh, series I do next year, it goes all well. So Esteban Masson was the winner of the championship. Lee, you two now have got a bit of a rivalry going for probably your racing careers will be intertwined because of this season in Formula 4. Uh, yeah, exactly. Obviously, there's a bit of rivalry there, but uh, we get along pretty well off the track too, and we'll see where we end up. What was the camaraderie like between drivers, not only teammates, but the other people you were racing with? I think it was pretty good. Obviously, you know, there's there's a bit of rivalry that shows up out, out of the car and, you know, some people will be upset. But overall, I think, you know, once you're past that, everyone was really friendly and the environment was quite nice. For a lot of your contemporaries, another year in Australia of lockdowns that saw them not able to race for big chunks of the year. So your family's decision to make this move over to France has been critical for you to be able to get a real leg up over the rest of the Australian carters and other drivers you were racing against. Yeah, exactly. I think at the start of at the end of last year, we knew we had to move over here. So it was just it was going to be too much of a hassle trying to move back and forth between Australia and Europe because it was it was already hard trying to get out of Australia. So going back to Australia and getting out again was just going to be even worse. So we knew that we had to move to Europe. But yeah, amazing decision by the family, and uh, I couldn't thank them enough. And so how has your schooling been going? Because the French are notorious for wanting everyone to work in their own language. Yeah, yeah. So for school, I do something called VSC Online, which is Virtual Schools Victoria. Basically, it's an online school that is in Victoria, and I work basically with their curriculum and in France. So I don't have to go to a French school and <laughs> do all the <laughs> try to learn all the French and be a pain for them. <laughs> what would you like to do next year? Money obviously is a very big factor in motor racing, but what would be your ideal next step? Good question. Um, obviously, probably moving up a step would be nice, like uh, into a series like Freca, but, you know, it really depends on budget and what can come about with team offers and stuff like this. But, you know, to do another year in Europe, either way is is really nice you would have been racing in in a a difference of classes being a support category can you talk to us about some of the race programs that you were on yeah this year was a bit of bit of a mess because of the whole covid situation so i think we're like following three different series across the year so i think we followed the gt4 the french gt4 series which was with SRO and then we also did two rounds outside of france we did hungary and monza which followed the GT Open series. And then the last round of the series was like a, a small meeting at mainly Core uh, called the TTE, something like that. <laughs> so it was a bit of a mix of everything. But yeah, also in round two at mainly Core, we followed the GT World Challenge. So that was pretty cool to watch. A lot of opportunities come from 
the cars you're racing around and the series you're racing around and those team owners and those sponsors all seeing what you guys can do. So probably there's a potential that having that wider spread of championships exposed you guys to a, a much larger range of potential sponsors and, and teams. Yeah, correct, correct, yeah. So was there much talk in the GT world or in those other pits with the organisers? Well, it, it's hard to say. Like, uh, <laughs> we, we don't really know what, what goes on too much behind the scenes uh, for the GT stuff. Obviously, I think I think we also race with uh, Euro Formula. So, you know, there's who knows, you know, there could be people watching you that you never know. So <laughs> just got to perform your best no matter what. <laughs> It was obviously a huge change, but it seems like you've really enjoyed the opportunity and enjoyed the experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think no matter what, to be given this opportunity was was amazing and had to enjoy it and make the most of it as I could. So what between now and Christmas does Hugh Barter do motor racing-wise? Motor racing-wise, we're not sure yet. Like I said, for next season, it's still up in the air. We just got to organize, you know, what the plans are and see where it takes us. But yeah, that's all that's really happening. <laughs> Try and keep fit. Plans for a white Christmas. Yeah. Well, Hugh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you again and right throughout this season. Congratulations on what has been a fantastic year and second in the championship, a fantastic result. Thank you. That's all we have time for on this week's edition of Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.